0: Welcome to the weekly recap. My name is Corey Babetchko, and today with Bible Discovery and Bible Discovery TV, we are looking at our assigned reading for this first week of January. We're kicking the year off right. We're reading through the Bible in its entirety this year. So we are covering Genesis 1 through 25, but it's not just me this year. This year, I have also invited my husband along. Hey, Matlock.
1: Hey, how are you doing? Good. Glad to be here.
0: I'm glad you're here, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll see how this goes. We'll
0: yeah. see. I know. Yeah. I know. It's it's different. I, I haven't done the recap with, with another person yet. Yeah. So this should be interesting. just going to chime in here and there. Please do. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: it. Yeah. Please do.
0: All right. Okay. So Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter one. So this is this classic creation chapter in the beginning, right? Uh, so the first thing that God creates is light. He separates the light from the darkness here in chapter one. Then he creates the sky. He he on day three he gathers the waters together to make dry land right. uh, and water <laughs> like ocean versus versus land, uh, and also vegetation on day three. On day four he creates the sun, moon, and stars. On day five he creates the water creatures like fish, etc and birds yeah. the flying things in the air um on chapter six he creates animals bugs insects living creatures so animals um and man we're told that he makes men in the image of god right. he makes them male and female in the image of god he tells them to be fruitful and multiply to fill the earth and rule okay mm-hmm. right, chapter two we get the seventh day of creation which it's kind of cheating because it's not, it's not, it doesn't do anything. On the day seven, he rests. God rests on the seventh day. And he's talking about how he inaugurated the Sabbath. So the Sabbath day rest and made it holy. Then the creation in chapter two repeats itself, the creation of the world. But this time from the perspective of humans. Right. Um. So it talks about, you know, God putting Adam in the garden uh, and, um, having him name the animals and he gives them the rule about the only tree that he's not allowed to eat from, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then we get the account of how Eve is created from Adam or woman is created from man, I should say. Chapter three is the classic uh, fall of Adam and Eve. So uh, we've got a serpent who tells some lies to Eve. Eve believes these lies eats the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She chooses to disobey God in that way. And Adam, who was with her apparently through this uh, temptation, ate as well. So God confronts Adam and Eve. They're scared of God for the first time. Um, They try to clothe themselves because they're naked and they're embarrassed. Um, And God doles out consequences for the sin. So he gives the serpent consequences, the woman consequences, and the man consequences. Mm. And that essentially wraps up right. the story of creation in the Bible or the account of creation in the Bible. God also clothes Adam and Eve. I should that.
1: And that's important. That, exactly. Actually, the clothing motif is really huge for the rest of Scripture.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Especially because when you get into the New Testament, it talks about um, being clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Right. Christians being clothed in Christ. Right. Which is very interesting. when you very When you think back to Genesis chapter 3 where... The sin of Adam and Eve made them naked, and God had to clothe them. So it ties in with salvation, definitely. Mm. All right, did you want to get into the creation evolution? We can talk about, about it briefly. I, briefly. I know this is we're
1: short on time, mm-hmm. and you can't really delve into it very deeply. Yes, um, but I know that you know this is one of the big debates at the time because it is right, and it's it actually caused a huge conflict of faith in a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, as if if Genesis is wrong. Mm-hmm. Then your entire faith is off, right? Mm -hmm. You can't, there's nothing to believe, God is wrong, and everything just kind of collapses from there. And it really comes down to how you understand Genesis Mm -hmm. is not the same thing as Genesis. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. right. Because it's like you could have an understanding of it, and your understanding could be wrong. That doesn't mean Genesis itself is wrong. Right.
0: So you're trying to say there is a truth. Yes. There is a truth here of what happened in Genesis, the creation of the world. Happened. Yes. There is a truth of how it happened, and it's recorded here in Genesis. Um, but your idea of what Genesis means is not necessarily the truth.
1: That's right. And so you have this. So you have this like strange dichotomy that's formed because in the, in the midst of this, you have like you have young Earth creationism, and the extreme end you have you know just naturalistic evolution. Then right in the middle you have theistic evolution. Yeah. And a lot a lot of times when the arguments kind of come up against. Um, evolution. Now, I'm not an evolutionist, mm-hmm. but when the arguments do come from evolution, there's some conflation that kind of happens there against a theistic evolution. So, for example, if we come from slime, then we'll act like slime. Mm-hmm. But it's a good th- soundbite. It's though. a good soundbite, but it doesn't yeah. actually work if with theistic evolutionists because right. we all believe we came from dirt. Therefore, do we act like dirt? Well, right. no. If God's behind the picture, so that argument yeah, it, works it, it, for naturalism yeah. only. It doesn't yes. apply for those
0: who don't believe that there that that the God of the Bible was actually behind the process. That's right. Because that makes all the difference. Like, yes, is the cre- where, what is the origin of the soul? What is yes. it that makes us human? And I think both. Both old earth creationists and and theistic evolutionists and young earth creationists think the same thing. it's It's the whole image of God. It's the the spiritual element. It's the breath that God blew into the body of Adam that that you know, determines our our worth as humans and our value.
1: yeah, that's right. There's been kind of like a conflict here at heart that you know if Genesis is, you know, not exactly how it's painted out to be, in the way I've been taught, that uh, somehow you're a lesser Christian, right, or a weaker Christian. Yeah,
0: that's what really bothers me is right. that is is seeing the the way that people treat each other in public forums who have different ideas than them, right. um, in, especially in Christian circles. I mean, is there a, a more animosity? other than exists between young earth creationists and theistic evolutionists. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just the most outspoken, yeah, uh, like like two two groups of them. But on the one hand, young earth creation uh, tends to say, like, this isn't a salvation issue, but then the way they talk about um, theistic like evolutionists as right. like enemies of the faith and and sometimes even false teachers, and it leaves you going, wait a second, that means you don't think they're saved if they're enemies of the faith, That's right. faith and false teachers. And then on the other hand of the spectrum, sometimes you, ha- you, you hear theistic evolutionists saying things like, um, young earth creationists are embarrassing, they're fools, they're, you know, uh, dragging the name of Christianity through the mud, they're uneducated. Right. It's just wild. It's wild how the church is okay to divide over an issue that isn't an essential belief for salvation, and I, right. I, I just want to encourage everyone to, you know, God, God's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's forgiven us, so why can't we forgive other people who believe differently than us? I think that we need, we need to have grace with with each other, and and understand that, you know, God. God doesn't give us all the answers to the mystery of the world. and and just like encourage you, there is a truth that is here in Genesis, and I think it is worth debating. I think it's worth talking about, right. but not if we can't be gracious and we can't be loving to their people. yeah, in that case, it's not worth it. Yeah, honestly, like, I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> I, I I obviously, I am very dedicated to, the reality of scripture. I'm right. dedicated to the importance of scripture. I'm dedicated to trying to understand the intention of scripture. What is Genesis one to three trying to tell me? Right. I know that God is creator. I believe that he created in seven days. I believe that Adam and Eve were literal people and that they fell. Right. Like they literally sinned against, they, yeah, they yeah. actually in the flesh sinned against God. That is my personal belief. And, and, and I think that those are very important beliefs. But I, I don't want to be reduced to a divider of the church over stuff like this. So I just think we have to be really careful because we're hot blooded. Yeah, humans are hot blooded. we you're going to hear about it in the, the next chapter. There's how a lot we are. left
1: out of Genesis one. There's yes. two and three. There's yes. a lot left out. So yes. however, how God did the initial design with mm-hmm. animals, like there's a huge distinction between animals and humans here. Mm-hmm. Like like you, I'm not an evolutionist. I believe that in a recent historical atom. I think that's actually necessary. I don't think you can bend that. But with that said, there's a lot of room here for understanding how the animals were developed. How did this whole process happen? Yeah. We also have to take into account, regardless of the logic behind it and what makes more compatible sense, we are growing up in a different culture and grace should grow. be underpinning all of our actions Oh, and mercy. This is right? a
0: very ancient oh, book,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mercy and grace should be underpinning everyone. Yes. To right? For everyone's sake, as opposed to just being like, "Oh, you're dead wrong." Anathema. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, You're, you're out of here. Yes. We um, have to be
0: really careful not to make that mistake.
1: Because yeah, at some point we end up speaking on God's behalf.
0: And and we we are in we are in constant danger of making our ideas idols. Right. And what I mean by that is if. If there's something that I believe about the Bible that, that without that belief, like if, 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 if God, if it turns out that God did use evolution to create the world, if I wouldn't serve God because of that, that's an idol for me. At, At that point, young earth creationism has become an idol for me because, because I don't get to tell God how he does stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: He gets to tell me how he did it. Right. right. So I personally, I, I'm, I'm not an evolutionist, obviously, but I'm also not a biologist or a geneticist or right. anything in the scientific field like that. But I think we just have to be careful because we're always in danger of holding our own ideas or interpretations as mini-gods yeah. in our own minds, which means that we're gods in our own minds because we are right. determining what the truth is. So there's an element of humility that I think we have to have in these matters and i think we should still very deeply think through genesis one to three so i'm not saying it doesn't matter
1: no i know we just have to be
0: careful that our faith doesn't rise or fall based off of our interpretation of genesis that's right which we're in danger of doing
1: yeah and teaching other people of doing as well yes that if you know i even seen it where if if the snake doesn't speak if it's like let's say um the snake you know wasn't a physical snake but it represented like Satan right in some sort of form and even that is pagan an idea and it's yeah. like well hold on a second um there's a,
0: we just have to be careful we just have to be
1: careful here <laughs> there's there's red yeah.
0: flags here to be careful yeah
1: just just be careful and humility mercy grace like these are the things that we're about and we have to be firm on what we know what is necessary we have to be firm on that yeah. but then when the things when we know that listen we're not God as it says it's Job you weren't there when I made the foundations of the world, right? Tell me about it. He's all cynical yes, to Job. Yes. So he's like, so just be very Go careful.
0: Go ahead, Job. Tell me. Tell me about it. Yeah. He's like, oh. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no can do, God.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: No can so do. So just be very
1: careful. We just said, yeah, that's it. Caution should yeah. never be thrown to the wind.
0: It, you know, we need to, unity in diversity is okay within Christianity. Yeah. We see it in the first century church. Yeah. When Paul's like, "Look, you have different ideas about holy days right. and eating meat sacrificed to idols, but be united. Yeah. Stop fighting over things like this and be united. And pray
1: for each other." I don't think yeah, often it's like, "You're you're an idiot. You're a bigot." And they're just like, it's kind of like this big banter. And, and,
0: man, when you start praying for someone really, like actually, yeah. it humanizes them in such a way that it's not is easy to call them an idiot anymore.
1: They're not just the idea of a They're evolution. not just them. Yeah. They're,
0: they are a human being with yeah. thoughts and emotions and, and a pathway that led them to their belief. That's right. That you may not understand. Mm. Okay. We've talked about this all I night, think so we've so ranted about back. that enough. Yeah. We have to move on. So Genesis 4, Eve has Cain and Abel. Um, and when they grow up, Abel is a shepherd and Cain is a farmer. Mm. And... um Cain ends up murdering Abel because they bring their offerings to God and God does not accept Cain's offering, but he does accept Abel's offering, the secondborn. And uh, Cain is very angry and God uh, warns Cain, look, sin is crouching at your door and its desire is to master you, but you must master it. Cain doesn't listen and he murders his brother out of hate and anger. Um, God confronts Cain and banishes him from the ground, which is his profession, right? He's a farmer. And um, Cain is really, really grieved over this. And and he says, you know, he says things like, now I'm going to be hidden from your presence and anyone who finds me is going to kill me. So presumably, I'll get into that after, but um, God ends up marking Cain for safety. And Cain, he can't do anything. So what he does is he establishes the city of Enoch. And this makes sense because if he can't farm the ground himself, he's going to establish a city with walls and like facilities for other people to come and they can farm. Right. So this idea of people working together. Then there's the story of Cain's descendants, which is not, not great. We're also told of Adam and Eve's next son named Seth, uh, or the the next son they have after Abel's death. So they probably have other children. But after Abel dies, when when he's an adult, uh, the the next son that they have is Seth. Um, And at this point, people begin to call on the name of the Lord. So up until then, it seems like God's appearing and speaking to them like he did with Cain. Yes right? So at this point, that stops happening. Genesis chapter five, this is the genealogy of Adam to Noah. There's some really interesting highlights in there. Uh, Methuselah, who lives like 969 years. Noah uh, has his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth when he's 500 years old, according to Genesis chapter five. Um, In Genesis chapter six, uh, we hear about the Nephilim, which are a main reason why God Uh, wants to destroy the earth through a flood the nephilim appear to be uh children that uh, fallen angels or demonic forces have with human women so there's there are these weird hybrid beings right um and so noah gets a message at this point from god that he needs to build an ark because god is going to flood the world right anything you want to talk about yet
1: well, we can talk about the Nephilim, but that might take a while. Oh
0: my gosh, I think <laughs> that might be a whole other video. <laughs> yeah, we
1: talked a little bit too much, I think, about the Christian evolution. I think so too. All Maybe right. we'll
0: have time at the end. Let's yeah. keep going with the recap, All and right, we'll see good. that'll be an next. Oh, about the about the ages of the of the people before yeah. the flood and after the flood. You know, they're clearly older before the flood and younger after the flood. There is um, an ancient cultural example of this in the Sumerians' kings list, except it's. Way inflated,
1: like, yeah, like 30,000. Some guys are like 30, tens of 50, thousands yeah, of tens years, tens of thousands, yeah.
0: But it follows the same pattern where where kings before the flood, the worldwide flood, have live a really long time, then there's the flood, and then people have less of a lifespan after the flood. There could be a mathematical thing going on here, especially in the Sumerian King's list, because all of the length of the reigns are divisible by a certain number that's escaping me right now. Right. But in the Bible, that doesn't appear to be the case. They're more realistic numbers. They're lower numbers. I don't know how realistic they are according to today's experiences. Right. Um, but it does seem to be indicating actual ages. Perhaps they were calculating their years a little bit differently than us. That would make a difference, yeah. but it wouldn't fully, even if you had like years that were only 300 days long or 200 days long, we need to get to 969 years. That's still way too old for our life expectancy today.
1: Yeah. And I think what's, what's interesting here too, is for a lot of people who are trying to throw Genesis 1 to 11, try to make it myth yeah. or just figurative or folklore, uh, this genealogy is what ties Genesis 1 to 11 to history it does yeah. yeah so it's like you can't even break. so if you're trying to make yeah. it non-historical you can't because the genealogies and you, you you because they can't no one can figure out an alternative to the ages because obviously people today don't live to be one thousand right, right so or like 900 Cause it's like right? a
0: favorite of people being like oh it's mythological that's right even though it's couched historically
1: that's right it's
0: like or 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 when god created us our genetics were better our genetic makeup was better so we lived a lot longer and then ap- and then it it right, and changed. and that's
1: it. Because perhaps
0: it, with the genetic bottleneck of like coming from Noah, we had less genetic diversity. Right. Perhaps with a worldwide flood, it changed the environment. It changed our food sources.
1: Well, that's right. Because with this we too, th- there is no like the numbers aren't. They say they could be symbolic. The numbers, but mm-hmm. because they gradually decline. Yeah. So like so well, all the way to Joseph, who lives to like 110. Yeah. Right. It just keeps going down, and even Abraham, that it's like there's no way to really. Make it like, oh, even if it was a calendar difference, it's okay. Yeah. How is it gradually, you know, coming down like this? Yeah. Like right, 100 years at a time coming down so yeah. so almost so perfectly. And it makes it very difficult to see anything it anything other than just being life, uh, just being lifespans. But yeah, it's it's interesting. You can't
0: escape the miraculous when you're looking at the Bible. That's the thing. No, That's the can't. uncomfortable truth of, I think it's only uncomfortable in our, you know, in our culture today. Right. The other cultures and in, in other times have been comfortable with the miraculous, but we're just not. But that's okay. Mm -hmm. We're not, the Bible's not here to make us comfortable. It's here to change us, right? That's right. Okay, uh, Genesis chapter seven. So the ark is made. Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives go into the ark along with seven pairs, male and female of every kind of clean animal and one pair of every kind of unclean animal. Um, And then that's the beginning of the flood. Genesis chapter eight. The water of the flood begins to recede. The flood has been 150 days altogether. Right. Um, the ark rests on the mountains of Ararat, which is in the, probably in the Turkey area. Uh, modern day Turkey, <laughs> obviously. Um, God calls them out of the ark. There's the whole releasing of the birds to right. see if there's any land. Very clever. Um, the family of Noah sacrifices to God. They build an altar and sacrifice once they get out of the ark. And God makes a covenant. Not He makes a promise to never curse the ground or destroy all living creatures in a flood ever again. Mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 9, there's this covenant with Noah. The, and again, a be fruitful and multiply mm-hmm. blessing. So similar to that he gave to Adam and Eve. But this time rather than taking care of the animals like adam and eve were supposed to do um the animals will now be afraid of mankind um you and and permission to eat meat is given here in genesis chapter 9 however they're commanded not to eat blood
1: right because
0: blood is a symbol of life
1: this is like a in terms of a narrative Mm -hmm. uh it's like a complete contrast to how the initial creation was because the the world was created by water and through water and then here, and now, it's have, destroyed. now it's been destroyed yeah. and trying to be remade to this new creation, quote unquote, new creation process. But now you're killing the animals as taking care of them. And it's just a very different yep. world, uh, but it's supposed to parallel it. Uh, yeah.
0: and, and lest we think that this fresh start was truly a fresh start. Still in Genesis chapter nine, we see the sons of Noah and the grandson of Noah, Noah gets drunk. And there's this whole weird incident where they see him naked and something weird happens. We're not (laughs) sure exactly what it is, but Noah ends up cursing his grandson. Um, So he was involved in this incident somehow. Um, So much like uh, Cain and Abel, the second generation from Adam and Eve, from that start of humanity, they fell so quick. Same here with this restart of humanity. Right away in that second generation and that third generation, we see uh, signs that it's not going well. Right. Genesis chapter 10 is the table of nations. So this is recording the descendants of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's sons. Genesis chapter 11, the first few verses talk about the Tower of Babel. Um, The people want to... um, You know, we get this idea that there are people spreading across the earth, but there's one group of people that gathers together and decide that they're going to build some sort of massive tower to make a name for themselves so that they won't be spread all over uh, the place. And what ends up happening is God confuses their languages Mm -hmm. and they end up having to scatter across the earth because they can't understand each other anymore. Right. Anymore. And it goes from Shem's line then to Abraham in Ur, this man named Abram in Ur.
1: Right.
0: In Genesis chapter 11. Shall I keep going? Yeah. Or is there anything that you want
1: well, to say? With Babel, you know, this is it's pretty well known that it was a matter of pride, is the reason why. Yeah. Yeah, to be like God. <clears throat> and this is recorded more so in like other texts. But yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it, well even in Genesis, it, it does. Keep talking.
1: Yeah, no. I gotta get there. <laughs> I
0: was looking at my other notes.
1: Yeah, so it does talk about it. Hints at it, and I oh, it's kind of understood, like, to make a name for themselves. Yeah, so
0: to- we make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But they've just been commanded to right. spread out the on other the face of the earth.
1: Narrative parallel here is that after when Cain left, left he built a city for himself, mm-hmm. and here you have Nimrod, another hunter building a name for himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you have this, uh, sorry, building, not a name, but yeah, a name for yeah, Bill, yeah, but yeah. making a city for himself. So it's not this whole structure with cities here are kind of viewed with, you have a whole, are kind of viewed in a negative light.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, yes.
1: Not in and of itself. Yeah. But they're being used as a typographical yes. way. Right, okay. Anyways, long story short, is that there's <laughs> something happening there with the, you know, the narrative structure between Cain and Nimrod, and uh, just you know habits and stuff. Human but pride. Human pride. Human
0: pride versus God yeah. never That's goes right. well. Never goes well. Okay, Genesis chapter twelve. What has really gone on in Genesis so far is that God has given us an origin story for humanity, and He's given us a promise that He's going to save humanity from our original downfall. Remember in Genesis three, we've got the messianic prophecy that there will be a Messiah to redeem all of mankind. And then we see how God has, how mankind has really gone far away from God, from his original purpose for us. We are now originators of evil rather than keeping defenders of the earth from evil, which was part of our original purpose. Uh, Now we're creating evil on the earth. And so out of this cesspool of gross humanity God calls a man and his family Abram mm. so we have the call of Abram in Genesis
1: 12. Right and so I know there's some scholars who are like well why include Gen-? yeah everyone's trying to get rid of Genesis 1 to 11. No one that, likes. No apparently well I like it but oh, no, we like it, like it <laughs> we like it but all these scholars are like no like I guess they're liberal whatever it is some people just don't really want to deal with it because of you know what science is saying a lot of the scientists are saying. Um, but long story short, uh, they asked, okay, so why is Genesis 1 to 11 in there? And it's because through this part here, through the call of Abraham, God intends to bless all nations and all nations are start with Adam, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like from Adam, do all nations come out? And so it's, that's really important because the gospel, uh, is grounded here in Genesis and it can't be dismissed despite what everyone wants. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it's integral to the rest of the text all the way to the new Testament. Vitally important. I'm just going to throw that in there. Sure. Yeah, why not? Sure. Why not?
0: Okay, so God calls Abram to leave his people. He says, um, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed you so, Abram goes to Canaan, he travels to the land, he ends up going to Egypt in chapter 12 because there's a famine in the land, and he lies about his wife Sarah, who's, who later becomes Sarah, uh, because he's afraid that they're going to kill him to take Sarah. So he's like, It's, it's safer if I'm just your brother, it's a
1: half lie because you know,
0: he's a yeah, it, she's a half sister, half
1: sister, yeah, yeah, but this is, but, but this is like, he, he's
0: afraid, yeah. he's afraid that he wouldn't be able to resist attacks from Pharaoh because yeah. he's going there to get help yeah. from a famine no, it, it, so he's at like a lower at position. heart
1: <laughs> at heart it's deception because it's total deception because yeah. it's about him not, it's not about him being his sister it's about him not having a wife yes, yes. So. and
0: and and what's interesting here is that even though Abraham does the wrong thing here God protects Sarah right so even though she's failed to be protected from Abram God's mm. like nope like, she's going right. to be uh, the, the the mother of the nation of Israel. Right. Whether or not they like it, yeah. <laughs> here it's going to happen. Okay, Genesis chapter 13, Lot and Abraham separate after the famine. So, Lot is Abraham's nephew that he brought with him out of Ur. They separate because both of their households have grown significantly, and now their, their shepherds are kind of fighting with one another over pasture and water. Lot chooses the plain of Jordan, including by the Dead Sea. Uh, that was apparently well watered at that time. It is not today, but apparently at that time, it was well watered. um, And Abraham settles near the city of Hebron. Genesis chapter 14, there's this big war with allied kings and cities and Lot gets swept away. And honestly, at this point, I remember when I was first reading this as a teenager, being a little bit miffed at Sunday school, because in Sunday school, I grew up in the church and at Sunday school, Abraham was always pictured as this like grandfatherly, old gentle soul. He is not, No, he is not. We get here and Abraham, it makes sense because he's a traveling merchant. He has 300 men in his household and, and they are trained fighting men just as Abraham is trained in warfare. And they go in and they, milit using military tactics, they, and, and hand-to-hand combat, They rescue Lot and his household Mm. uh, from uh, this this army of allied kings, 318 men um, from Abraham's household that he leads in battle. And what's interesting about this is that when he comes back from battle, we see this Melchizedek, king of Salem figure, who's called the priest of God most high. Uh, And Abraham gives him a tithe. He gives him a 10th of everything captured from the enemy. Uh, and that's that,
1: yeah. And then Melchizedek brings up bread and wine, which is what which is communion, it
0: is, it is,
1: which is really interesting.
0: It is, and so, and so, we're gonna see Melchizedek pop up in the book of Hebrews, yes. When Hebrews relates Jesus's role mm. as a priest of God, but still legitimate, um, even though he's not
1: a Levite, a Levite, it, yeah, right,
0: he's still a legitimate priest like Melchizedek was a legitimate priest, though he was not even related to Abraham. That's right. Right. Okay, Genesis chapter 15, uh, we've got God makes a covenant with Abraham where he promises a son. Uh, And this is where we're told that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So Abraham believes him at this point. Um, And then there is this weird covenant ceremony where the animals are cut in half and basically it, it is attested to. In ancient history, where uh, people would make covenants with each other, and, and the idea of cutting the animal in half and passing through them is, may what happened to the, these animals happen to me if I fail? Oh,
1: interesting. To right. live
0: up to this covenant. And then so you that's have just theophany
1: how, of the torch going through, and it does it. Yeah, right. Yes, cool. The
0: smoking fire pot, yeah. with the blazing torch uh, that that God shows Abraham right. going through it. God is symbolized as that, which is really interesting. Uh, Genesis chapter 16, Hagar and Ishmael. So Sarai and um, Abram have been given this promise that they're going to have a child, but it's not happening, not happening. So Sarai uh, uses her maidservant like a surrogate mother, um, but it goes wrong because uh, Hagar does have a male child named Ishmael, but instead of just allowing him to be Sarah's legal child, Hagar starts maneuvering herself as the wife Rather right. than Sarah, so it it doesn't go great. But God ends up saving both Hagar and Ishmael, and tells her, you know, go back to Abram and Sarah and just submit, just just submit to Sarah.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, Genesis chapter seventeen, we get the covenant of circumcision, where Abraham God tells Abraham that all the males in your household now will be circumcised as a physical sign of the covenant. This is where they also get renamed Sarah and Abraham, right. rather than Sarai and Abraham. Um, Abraham laughs at the idea of Sarah at 90 years old having a baby and asks for God to bless Ishmael instead. So everyone's always like, Sarah laughed. Abraham laughed too, guys. <laughs> yeah. When you look at the text, yeah. he laughs at the idea of Sarah at 90 years old having a baby. He could still have a baby. Yeah. He just has to have a young woman with, with, working, with a working uterus. Dora. He does later after yeah. Sarah dies. Yeah. um, But but it was a little bit ridiculous for the idea of a 90-year-old woman in menopause to have mm-hmm. a baby. Um, uh, but God's like, nope, it's going to happen. Uh, in Genesis chapter 18, God appears to Abraham in the form of three visitors. who so have got two angels and a manifestation of God, which is right. crazy. Um. Sarah uh, and, and Abraham obviously know that this is God by the way they, um, the amount of food that they make for him. when you do the math, it's a ridiculous amount of bread that they make these three men, that using like 36 pounds of flour. Um, so we know that they know right. that these are more than just three men mm-hmm. coming to visit. Um, this, is, this is the chapter where Sarah laughs. Ha, 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 I'm going to have a baby. Ha, ha, ha. So she laughs, too. Um, and God's
1: like, no, but you did laugh. You, you,
0: did, <laughs> you laugh. did laugh. You I did laugh. Laugh. I didn't I didn't laugh. laugh. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. Yes, you, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. I probably laughed, too. Goodness yeah. gracious. Perhaps out of fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would, not Sarah. She, she, hers was incredulity. But. Yeah. Okay, so God then tells Abram, still, Abraham, in chapter 18 here, about Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham barters mm. with God for the survival of Sodom and Gomorrah eventually giving up because there's no righteous man in the city other than Lot. Hmm. In Genesis chapter 19, the two, two angels, so the manifestation of God is talking with Abraham and the two angels go into the city of Sodom, Lot sitting at the gate, he recognizes them. Um, They want to spend the night in the public square and Lot's like, no, it's not a good idea. No, 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 no. Come into my house. So he brings them into his house and then the men of the city want to gang rape them. It's very brutal. Lot is like, no, have my daughters, which is terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. This whole situation is demonstrating to us the depravity of mankind.
1: And what's really interesting too is um, Abraham knows that these were angels. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people of Sodom and Gomorrah do not. They don't recognize it those look like men.
0: Yeah.
1: They don't, right? And they, in fact, they want to you know, yep. gang rape them. But like Abraham recognizes them as something other, something different than not men. And Lot, I think, also sees that as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's really interesting is that like the people who are living by faith and righteous see something different in things that look ordinary. If you're looking at life carnally, they won't see it. And mm-hmm. something that's you know that might look every day to them. Anyways, mm-hmm. so I just thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. So so the the angels end up saving Lot, his wife, and his two daughters. But as they're leaving, because God's going to destroy the right. cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities as well, because it was the 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 alliances of these cities were just so terribly evil. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Lot's wife looks back and turns into a pillar of salt. Right. So she dies because of this. Um, Lot and his daughters eventually go to live in the mountains, and for some reason Lot doesn't come out. He's staying in the mountains. So his daughters um wanting to carry on their family name, get him drunk, and have children by him, which the is the
1: Moabites and the Ammonites. Yeah,
0: yeah, which is which is really messed up. And again. This is just showing the depravity of mankind and it's showing where our decisions lead. But I right. think the most important thing, when you, when you take a step back and you ask yourself the question, why is this account even in here? There are many reasons why the account's in here, but one of the main ones is to show that God, God's process of bringing about a Messiah and a nation from that Messiah to mm-hmm. come from, he wants mankind to be in a relationship with him he wanted abraham to discourse with him to talk with him right about his judgment that was coming on sodom and gomorrah he allowed abraham to be a part of that conversation and lot was saved perhaps not because of like would lot have been saved if not for abraham
1: these are questions Ooh. that we don't know. Abraham was saved him a bunch of times, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, and this is part of that, we're seeing that blessing already, mm. where Abra- Abraham says, like, I will bless those who bless you, mm. and I will curse those who curse you. Well, Lot did bless Abraham, mm. and so he, he saved. So this is really interesting stuff.
1: Mm. I think so, too.
0: Okay, Genesis chapter 20, Abimelech, the king of Gerar, again. Abraham lies and says that Sarah is his sister, like back in chapter 12. Abimelech actually takes Sarah as his wife, but has her in like a a period of like transition. So he hasn't touched her yet. Um, When God comes to Abimelech in a dream and tells him the truth, and he says, Abraham's a prophet, you need to return his wife and he'll pray for you. And Abimelech treats Abraham really well, even though he's quite offended. He treats Abraham really well, the whole prophet thing, remember? Um, And Abimelech makes reparations with Sarah. So he gives a 1,000 shekels of silver to vindicate her. He gives it back. Okay, chapter 21. um, This is about Isaac's conception and birth. So Sarah Mm -hmm. names uh, the child Isaac, meaning laughter. Yeah, right. Laughter, because they both laughed. Um, Hagar and Ishmael actually get sent away because Ishmael is is like being aggressive with Mm. isaac um god rescues ishmael again uh anyway in genesis chapter 22 god tests abraham by asking him to sacrifice isaac
1: right this is the big one
0: this is the big one
1: and i i know some people have asked whether or not isaac knew what was happening Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and we don't really know for sure but i think the book of jasher has a pretty good reasonable
0: which is Jewish tradition. Which is Jewish tradition. Yeah. Ancient right. Jewish tradition. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's, it says that Abraham told Isaac while they were going up the mountain what was going to happen. Right. And Isaac agreed to it, and they both wept together about it as they went up the mountain. Yeah. So So it's like a test of faith, not just for Abraham, you know, you know, unbeknown to Isaac, poor guy, right? But actually, a test of faith for both Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. And um, and they both went up the mountain, and Isaac was willingly participant. In this whole process, yep. which I think makes a lot more sense, it
0: makes a lot more right? sense. especially
1: when, when you get into the New Testament. But as you said, I know beforehand, living living your body like a living sacrifice. Yeah, it yep. definitely
0: relates. Like Paul, the Apostle Paul, was def- had to have been thinking about this. Yeah, uh, when he wrote Romans uh twelve. Right. Uh, now, therefore, brothers, in view of of this this great gift of God, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable yeah. to God. So this idea of of you know being willing to sacrifice your will to to sacrifice your lifestyle um to be willing to to die to yourself in that way and live for God. And this is essentially what God is telling Abraham and Isaac is that is that like you you need to be obedient to me but you will live. Right. You need to you need to sacrifice yourself to me in in a sense. But I'm, I don't want you to die. I want you to live. Mm-hmm. And, and also God showing Abraham and Isaac in that moment, um, I am your provider. right I provide the sacrifice for you, right, which was very opposite of, of the other pagan gods yeah. where in order to get spiritual power, people were providing them with sacrifices with right. food with with things like that. Whereas God's like, no, 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 I provide for you. right. You live for me. So 180.
1: Yeah.
0: I provide for you. All right. So it's it's actually a really cool chapter if you take time to understand it. Yes, for right. sure. Other, if you don't take time to understand it, it's just offensive. So, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, what is so it? So goes life. <laughs> so goes life. We don't care what anything, yeah. Okay, a couple more chapters here. Genesis chapter 23 is the death of Sarah. Um, Abraham buys a plot of land near the city of Hebron that has a burial cave, a cave that he uses, the cave of Machpelah, as a burial cave. In Genesis chapter 24, an old Abraham sends a servant to go back to um, his family land back in Haran, close uh, back in the city of Haran, go find a wife for Isaac. And through a miraculous series of events, the servant finds Rebecca and she agrees to come back and marry Isaac. Um, and the last chapter we're going to be looking at today, Genesis chapter 25, this is the death of Abraham is recorded. Here's where we learn about after Sarah died. He Mm -hmm. actually married again, a woman named Keturah, and he had six other sons to whom he gave gifts and he actually sent away. He's like, here's a bunch of money. Here's a bunch of your inheritance. Now go away and (laughs) establish yourself in other lands because this land, the land of Canaan is going to the descendants of Isaac Mm -hmm. specifically um isaac and ishmael bury abraham in the cave of machpelah and then we get um the account of ishmael's family line and also in genesis chapter 25 just to squeeze a little bit more yeah, right. in um we're told that isaac's wife rebecca has twin boys jacob and Esau. jacob um it's prophesied to rebecca while she's pregnant that the younger twin uh, will be the ruler over the second twin or right. i should say this that I should say, the oldest twin won't be as prominent as the younger twin. Um, And sure enough, still in Genesis chapter 25, Jacob buys Esau's birthright for a pot of stew. So Esau doesn't really care about his birthright. And
1: what's interesting about him not caring is that the word used is despised or hated. Yes. Right.
0: And why this birthright was important is because it was the covenant birthright of Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. And Abraham taught that to Isaac. Right. So Isaac would have taught that
1: to them, they're older to, old to now, Esau now. Yeah, and right. Jacob.
0: And Esau was like, yeah, whatever.
1: Kind of sounds like eh, a really dramatic here. What am I? I'm gonna die.
0: I'm gonna die so hungry. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I don't care about this stupid birthright. Yeah. And so he lost it. Yeah. He lost the birthright to Jacob. So there we go. There there's gonna be a lot more about Jacob and Esau next week.
1: Right. A lot All right. more. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think that's it. I think we pretty much covered it.
0: (laughs) Okay. So thanks for uh, recapping this week with us. If you have any comments or questions, please pop them down in the comments below. Uh, And again, if you're looking for a a shorter, slightly more in-depth recap, there's also going to be a link to that in the description box. Until next week, I hope you have a really good week. I hope you are able to stay up with your reading and I'll see you later. Thank you so much for watching.